You know, Jill, I like, honestly, I know I've said this to you before, but I'm going to say it again. I, first of all, I just, I adore you. I think you are truly the emblem of an empowered woman. I love how much conviction you operate with. And I really want to tease out literally the, the subject of conviction with you. And, you know, every time I read one of your posts and I read your posts, Honestly, and Thank that's, you. there's that's like a, two people who do. I appreciate that. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, everyone's like, I'm not going to read that book that you wrote. I'm like, thanks. What? You're fucking, yeah. you know, I love it because <laughs> your authenticity is so palpable. And I love that, you know, you, you also, there's so much strength, but I also love your humor. That's also very much there. And I appreciate that so much. And <laughs> yeah. And I, I just, I really, you know, I, like I said, like before we started recording, I'm like, how do we not hang out more? I know that I was know. like our intention. It just means so much to me coming from someone who I really feel like is that the epitome of someone who is not only strong physically, obviously, you know, it's part of my value system as well, yeah. but like definitely emotionally, I feel like sometimes, um, you know, and this is a gross generalization, but us women who are really kind of strong, you know, and we come off with conviction and confidence, it's not like a, you know, I mean, I think you can tell the difference between someone who's like faking, like trying to be confident and kind of has that almost like defensive energy yes. versus someone who really is at a level of just, um, I don't want to say self-love, but like just self-acceptance and like just self-possession, just being like, I'm actually fine yeah. being who I am showing up fully. I don't need to prove anything. I feel like sometimes we get, uh, people project their own insecurities onto us. I'm not yes. sure if you experience that. Sometimes I feel people feel a little bit strange. I can definitely be polarizing for people because something about confidence is polarizing, which is wild, right? When people, you think about it, it's like everything we do as women is to like, hey, women need to step up. We need to be acknowledged. We need to be confident and whatever. And then you do it and all of a sudden, other women are like, what do you think you're doing? Like you're trying to be, you think you're trying to be, whereas I feel like, again, gross generalization, Yeah, a lot of men show up with this very, you know, authentic, direct, confident energy. And mm. they're like, and people are attracted to that. With I feel like right. for sometimes with, you know, with women, it can be polarizing for sure. Well, so I really appreciate that from you. Oh, thank I feel you. Like we're, I feel like we're definitely, we definitely are souls in that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I love it. Cause I'm like, I'm out here being like, yeah, I never, I never feel threatened by a strong woman because I'm just like, fuck yeah. Like, let's go. Let's look, let's all elevate. Let's all get to the level together. To me, I never get, I never feel a certain way about that, but I know I get I, people do that with me. So I'm not sure if that happens with you too. Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's, for me personally, I don't, it's not vocalized to me, but energetically I can feel. Yeah. And that's like totally. one of the easiest, I'm a fucking witch and I can feel everything. <laughs> and so it's like, even if you're not saying it, I can feel it. And I, you know, I, I've just come to really understand that, that, that it has nothing to do with me. It has right. nothing to do. It's all about, you know, where they are with their own security. Right. And I think with men, gross generalization here as well. I think that women have a larger tendency um, to just, you know, be, there's the the insecurity factor, I think can be a little bit more robust. Not to say that men don't carry totally. insecurities. They absolutely do. But I think, you know, even in like competitive energy, it just, for some reason, I don't know, women seem to have more of that energy. So, you know, coming across women like yourself, where I genuinely feel like, man, you are here in service to empower as many women as you can, individuals as you can, um, to come into that self-ownership. And it's funny, you said, I don't want to say self-love. I'm like, oh, I do. And I actually want to get down <laughs> deep on that with you. I guess I just feel, I mean, I agree with you. Like that, that is the word, right? but I always feel like yeah. 
I don't know. I don't, I personally don't identify with that word. You know, I'm more like self-possessed self, you know, um, yeah. just good, you know, I'm just good. And I think sometimes I can run, rub people the wrong way too. Cause I'm not, I don't need a lot of affirmation. It's not like I don't like people to like yeah. me, of course, we're yeah. human and we all do, mm-hmm. but I don't run around needing people to like me and make sure I'm good with them and need affirmation all the time. And, you know, and I think sometimes people just, you know, feel a certain way about that. Um, but you know, the cool thing about this online thing is you get to, uh, you, you're attracted to the people who are similar to you. And then the ones yeah. that, you know, don't get it or aren't, and not to say they're worse than it's just like, that's not, it's not for them. And it's not a frequency be- match no. totally. and that's okay. So yeah. actually let's start, let's, let's tease that out. How did you get there? Cause I'm sure so many women, and I know I get the question myself, so I'm going to dive into you. <laughs> How did you get to this place where you're like, I don't need the affirmations as much. And, and essentially like the external validation, which is not to say there's not a place for that, but I'd love to just hear how you kind of came about this way within yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure that you, um, like feel the same way. Honestly, I do think it was two things. Number one, sports early on for sure. Like doing like playing sports as a young person, it does give you a sense of self-confidence and self like competency and self-efficacy that like, okay, I've, you know, I've like accomplished something. I can trust myself. And I, what I find, especially because I work with a lot of women is they have to constantly, like they need to be checking. Is it okay? Am I doing the right thing? They have this constant need for like, I guess it is a validation. And it's really this practice is self-trust realizing. And so I think you have to, on some level in your life, create a show of evidence mm-hmm. that things can go upside down. They can go sideways. They can go not right. And, and, but then you survive it all and you see like, okay, yeah, it's not awesome. I don't love the situation that I was, you know, whether it's business or relationships or whatever, and you get to the other side of it and you go, oh, I didn't die. In fact, I'm yeah. actually maybe even stronger for that. And so you have to recognize that. So I think sports, especially growing up and all of my friends who played competitive sports growing up, like have that just that self-knowing and that self-trust that translates into other areas. So I think that's the first thing. The second, and I've only been like really sort of thinking about this a lot the last couple of years, uh, my mom and then my, my dad's second wife, my stepmom, I've known her my entire life and both of them are very strong women. Mm -hmm. And I think because they were my only female role models, I assumed like all moms were like that, you know, growing up, it didn't feel like anything to me. It didn't feel like, oh, I didn't have the acknowledgement of like, wow, I have like two really strong female role models. But now that I'm older and I'm like, uh, you know, I talk to my friends and they have like these really strange fucked up relationships with their moms. And I'm like, oh, mine are solid. And like, they just showed me what it was like to be a strong, uh, you know, professionally driven, confident woman who holds it down, who, and I'm just like, wow, I'm really lucky that those are my two role models. And I don't take that for granted. I I know that a lot of people don't have that. So it's probably a combination of those two things. What do you, um, so you and I are both similar in that we we have three younger brothers, yep. which is so fun. Do you think that that also had something to do with it? Just being like the older sister to three brothers? I think you definitely have that. I mean, I think that's just the older, oldest sibling sort of situation, right? Where you yeah. feel like you really want to hold it down. And, and I'll also say, and I'm kind of coming to this realization too, and I hate to say this, but I think part of my story is you know, I've been with, you know, relationships or I've been with, you know, different men in my life who it's not that they didn't hold it down, but certain things happened. Like my, I was, I was married. I think we talked about this Mm -hmm. in the last episode, my Mm -hmm. ex-husband who I'm really close with now, you know, he had an affair when we were together. And I, I think I've had these examples of things that happened in my life where I was like, okay, like I actually need to hold it down myself. These, these men in my life, right. This is a story. This is a seed story or whatever. These men in my life 
can't hold it down for me, yeah. you know? And so in a way it is kind of maybe a defense mechanism, but it, it allows me to just double down on me and I'm, and I get right with that. Right. I don't have this like man hating these people mm-hmm. can't hold like They're not yeah. solid. I just go, cool. Like, then I can appreciate them a lot more if I don't have these expectations of like, they need to be, you know, this provider and whatever. And I'm like, I'm the fucking provider, like, you know? And so, and I really love that. And so it's actually made me a lot more just feel safe and, and be able to double down on myself. And doesn't mean I don't, I'm, you know, I've been with my boyfriend now for five years and he's great, but it's a totally different relationship than when I was married. So yeah, yeah, like things like that, like you're reinforced that like I'm doing the right thing and I'm feeling my power and things are good. And you're, you're, uh, you're, you're more emotionally independent, right? As a result, which doesn't mean that you don't, you know, let a man be a man and like have, you know, do that role exchange, right? With, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And that, and that was definitely something, and, and maybe you experienced this too, because when you show up really powerfully, I mean, I'm not a huge on these like masculine and feminine energies. I think they're really interesting to talk about. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I can recognize that in my job, I can be very much in my masculine. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's no. this conversation, this larger conversation on social media about like, don't be in your masculine. I'm like, yo, my masculine is the, the reason why I'm able to bring my business to where I've been to. So I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think sometimes it can then become an issue in your relationship. If you're trying to also be like the same boss, you know, coach, teacher. And then you bring that, that energy into your relationship. And I've just found for me, that doesn't work in my relationship. So in my relationship, I kind of get to be a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. I get to let, I can be taken care of more. And mm-hmm. and I love that. I love the polarity of that. So I can show up and really be that like boss bitch in my job. And then I get to kind of relax and be sort of provided for and taken care of in my relationship. And it's been like a practice, right? Yeah. To take the like coach, teacher, you know, boss hat off and then just be a regular person in my relationship. Well, yeah, it's a trust thing. I mean, I love the conversation of the masculine feminine energy, but I, for me, it's not, um, you know, it's, it's always about the unification, the teamwork and my poetic way of writing it. They are lovers within me. So there's no competition. And I actually frame, so the heart is the feminine, the being and the mind is the masculine and the doing if we're just hyper doing, we are disconnected right. from the being. If we're hyper being, we're more passive and we're not getting enough of the doing done. So mm-hmm. it, I love that. it's important to, yeah, I, I I know what you mean though. There's, there's a lot of this kind of just a separation factor. And it's like, you guys, it's, there's no competition. One right. is not better than the other. They, right. we, we are all downloaded with these energies. It's not a gender thing. Uh, right. It's nature. It's the natural world for yep. a reason. And I think as a strong woman, cause I know this in my own life, I mean, listen, I love to pass the fucking wheel to the man. Like, please, I don't want to make one more fucking decision today. Unless you need me to, then I got you because I I can, right? But I think with a a strong woman, you know, it's as a man, you tell me what you think, but I think like because we've got this capable energy, which is not this over masculine and, you know, just, it's just a very confident self-knowing and ownership energy that we operate from, which then means that the man genuinely has to fucking be, he's got to be really whole in himself too. So that when you are in the presence of him, like you actually feel like a primal sense of trust. So you can just let all your masculine energy go on fucking vacation in that moment. <laughs> just like, <laughs> totally. like I totally resonate with that, with the idea of like making so many decisions, always being the one yes. actioning something and then being able to be like, you know what, can you just handle this? So <laughs> one of my favorite things, so I don't cook or clean. There's another piece of it. I just don't. And for me, I, you know, 
I have moments where I have shame over that or had shame at one point over that, you know, it's not very like masculine. I mean, it's not very nurturing or maternal or whatever. Yeah. Um, but my, obviously my partner knows that. And so one of my favorite things, he's a, um, he's a firefighter paramedic. So he doesn't know at all, like what my industry is. He's, and so it's kind of nice that we do have that just sort of natural separation. Yeah. So I'll have a long day at work and he's just like, what do you need? You know, need me to do anything. And I'm like, yeah, if you could just like arrange dinner, that would be amazing. And like, he cooks it like just, and I'm like, I just like feel so just taken care of in that moment. But to your point, there is a vulnerability that has to happen there, right? Like a safety, especially going through, you know, things that you go through in your relationships, divorce and infidelity and things like that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really easy to harden. And so you have to consciously start pulling back the curtain and being like, okay, this is safe. This is safe. And then again, building that show of evidence that you can be vulnerable with this person and you can let them take the lead. And that, you know, wasn't super easy for me at the beginning. Uh, but now it's, it's been great. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's that teamwork, you know, he's, he's obviously showing up to assist in that process. So uh, you, you said the word and I, I, I really want to talk about this with you. I'm so curious to your thoughts around vulnerability. Cause I, one thing mm-hmm. that I, and I, I wonder if this is the same for you, um, look, the, the power of the strength, the, you know, empowerment, like, yeah, it's natural. It's, you know, it's just my kind of how I've been groomed throughout my life. Right. And the interesting thing is like, so I've heard people, as people have asked me like, well, what about your vulnerability? I'm like, I did a whole podcast episode about this. I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. All right. Let me, let me tell you something. What you see is what you get. I'm only ever me. So when you are authentically showing up as yourself, there's no costume, there's no mask, which means I'm always vulnerable. Totally. And so it's this interesting, like I have to kind of show a new like idea around vulnerability doesn't always mean I'm crying, I'm sad and like I'm soft. It means, and and for sure, like obviously that that lives there too, but it's really this uh, idea that like vulnerability is like, can you truly show up as you? Yeah. That's it. What you just said is that, because that's what I'm thinking in my head as you're talking, I'm going, isn't the ultimate in vulnerability is authenticity, right? Like if you, you know what I mean? So that's like the end result. I do believe that you can make yourself so vulnerable that you become the strongest version of you. That's truly how I feel. And so when you say I show up authentically and I show up as myself and I'm always going to be this person, you're almost at, that's, that's the finished product of someone who's extremely vulnerable because you think about it, right? Like that. So when you, when you say that to me, the someone who's sort of holding back and having to sort of hide behind something. And it's funny because we talk about uh, authenticity online so much. Gosh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen people be like, I'm an authenticity coach. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) It's funny because you would think that it's the easiest thing to be yourself, right? Right. But then we have to teach people how to be themselves, right? It's kind Mm -hmm. of, it feels counterintuitive, but it can be really hard, but then you have this practice and you have this practice. And again, it comes down to pulling back the curtain a little bit. I call them vulnerability PRs, like a little bit of a, like, let me see if people can handle this. Let me see. And you kind of over time, and then you get to the point where you're at, Mm -hmm. where it's like, you don't have to ask about vulnerability because you're already there. You know, it's like, that's the end result is this like full on authenticity. I couldn't even be someone different if I tried at this point, you know? Yeah. So I love how you put that. I love that vulnerability PRs. 
I need <laughs> you know, a it's fucking like, awesome take on this. this. Have yeah. people said that to you that, or like kind of question your ability to be vulnerable because of your strength? Has that ha- come up for you? I think sometimes people don't think I have feelings. That's more what I oh, get is like, yeah. you know, do you ever just cry or, and I'm like, yeah, I'm human. Of course I do. Yeah. You know, but I think it is, um, you know, it's an intimacy thing for me. I think, um, some people have a lot of friends, right? Some people have like Mm -hmm. a lot of these, what I consider to be like, you know, friends, but maybe a little bit more on the superficial sort of side. And it's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But that's not me. I have, and I think this is why sometimes I can come off a little bit uh, standoffish or cold or Mm -hmm. harsh because for me, I I do have a high wall. It's not because I don't love people and whatever, but like, and you know, this is a business owner too. You have to have like massive boundaries and you have to have massive sort of, um, you know, energy management. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I have like maybe five, six people in my life who get everything. They're my best friends, my closest friends. They get 100% vulnerability. Like they get all the things. Yeah. And so it's not that I don't want to give that to other people. It's just I can't, right? Like I don't have the, the mental yeah. energy, emotional energy to give to, especially when you work with a lot of clients, right? Yeah. So you do have this sort of first rung, like you have this first tier of people mm-hmm. inner circle. So those are, my friends have said that to me, like, you know, you're not super, uh, I don't want to say like approachable. You're not super like energetically giving mm-hmm. to every single person on the internet. But if you get within your walls, then you get everything. And so it's not like a, a ploy or I'm trying to be better. This person's better than this person. It's just more like from an energetic perspective. You get this. I mean, like totally. I'm sure you're really good at boundaries too. You have to. Yeah. And so I think once you identify that and you realize he, these are the people in my life that I could go to if I was absolutely just going through something massive and they would hold it down for me. Yeah. And then you realize I want to keep those people close yeah. and I don't want to dilute that level of in- it's intimacy, right? I mean, even if it's a friendship, it's still intimacy. Of they know course. you innately, they would drop anything for you and I would drop anything for them if they needed, but mm-hmm. you can't do that with 20 people, right? You can't do it with 50 people. You do that with like five people, six people. And to me, that's really sort of where I'm at with that. No, it's, I fully yeah. get you. And, you know, on the subject of energy, because that's, that's also an area I really want to talk to you about. You know, I people are often talking about like time management and I'm like, fuck time management, energy management. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's oh, just yeah. a whole different, you get more time when you're ma- an- managing your energy better. You want to talk about that? Because I think, totally. you know, I, I, I've i loved, you know, again, reading your posts, everybody, if you don't follow her yet, you are going to, <laughs> I'm not even going to have to direct you after this, but, um, you know, I think you've talked about, um, written about, you know, the difference between like busyness and just all of that stuff. And it really correlates with the energy management. So I'd love to hear you talk about Yeah. So I was one of those people who, you know, um, really took a lot of pride in being busy, you know, and that's, uh, to me now, it's kind of a pet peeve when I talk to someone like, oh my God, I'm so busy. Every time I talk to you, it's so busy. How is that possible? How is it possible? And so part of me, and I realized that because I was that person for such a long time, up until I was probably like my early thirties, every time he talked to me and I loved it though, it was like a badge of honor. I was the first person at the gym in the morning. I was last to leave at night. I was always had the most clients. There was almost a feeling of, um, like 
I liked the victimhood, right? Like I kind of liked being someone's like, oh my God, poor Jill. She's always here at 5 a.m. Poor Jill. She's always teaching a bunch of classes. Like I kind of liked that. I don't know. And this is embarrassing to say, obviously, but I did like that attention. That was what made me feel good. And then I read this book and I probably read it in like, again, 2010, 2011. It was called The Powerful Engagement Mm. by Tony Schwartz. Okay. And it completely shifted my mindset around busy versus productive. Mm. And instead of, like you said, instead of time management, it's this energy management. And it was really strange at first, because especially as someone in the service industry, I was a personal trainer and group fitness instructor for such a long time. Like your worth is around how many things you're checking off a list and I got to be busy or else I don't feel validated. And so I'm sure if someone's listening to this, maybe you have that experience of loving to do errands, loving Mm -hmm. to check things off a a to-do list, loving have a task list. It makes you feel productive. But what I noticed was I would get to the end of the week and I had no idea what I did. I was like, what did I even do this week? I just felt like I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off and I have nothing to show for how busy and exhausted I am now. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that there was an opportunity here to switch that. And part of energy management is really strange for me at that time was you need to take strategic downtime. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so fucking lazy. Like I was like, I was like, okay, I guess I'll read a book at like noon on a Tuesday, like <laughs> to take time, like I guess. Right. But I was like, Oh my God, I feel so fucking lazy. I could be cleaning. I could be getting a new client. I could be, but what happened was, and this is what really convinced me. What happened was I had so much more focus when I came back to my work and I was getting my work done in like a third of the time. And yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Now it's like my religion. Like, I'll be like, all right, I have a big day tomorrow. I got to go for an hour long walk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I got to step away from work. And then I'm so much more focused when I come back. And so I think that is something I had to learn. And I was like, okay, this shit works. As much as I feel <laughs> weird doing it, it works. Well, there's even like, there's science, you know, in, in creativity, um, you taking intentional vacations, intentional breaks, which I need to, I mean, I'm really good about self-care boundaries. So in a sense, it's like every single day I'm like, it's not, it's non-negotiables for me. I'm not the girl on the screen fucking till like I'm in bed at eight, literally, (laughs) and you know, like uh, naturally, no like There's nothing else to do. Why would I be on my phone now? That's literally, oh my God, I love you. That's literally what I'm like. <laughs> that's exactly what I say. I'm like, what What am I going to do? Watch TV right now? Like, no, what? no. unless it's nope. a fight night, Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> then I got like, then we're good, you know? But yeah. And I think, and you know, and I'm tired at that point. I've literally totally. used my mind, my body, my spirit, like to the fullest capacity. So I'm fucking done. <laughs> right. And what's, what's interesting when you do, when you work like as focused as you do, like you come into something, you get the project done, whatever. It's like, you do need rest and recovery. You do feel that versus when I was sort of in that busy phase where I was running around all the time, I would get home and have to watch TV to relax. Yeah, You know what I mean? I'd yeah. be like, I need to zone out on TV. Now I'm like, I'm so exhausted from like actually being productive today. that I just want to go to bed and get like 10 hours of sleep. So yeah, it is definitely a shift, but I mean, I look back at that and I think most people, this is how they sort of live. It's TV all weekend, 
It's, you know, I don't know, uh, games on their phone and, Mm -hmm. you know, just, and it's fine. I don't like necessarily judge it, but Mm -hmm. I know for me back then I needed a lot of escapism. It was very much like reading gossip magazines, watching the Kardashians, like, and I just would not even touch that stuff now, but that was certainly, I needed that to like escape, you know, Mm -hmm. it was almost like, let me look at someone's life who's more glamorous or, you know, it was gave me a little sense of escape. I used to watch like cooking shows, baking show, like all this kind of stuff. (laughs) Now I'm just like, there's nothing, there's nothing on TV or worth losing sleepover. <laughs> it's just nothing. It almost feels, yeah, it feels yeah. like kind of junk. Well, I love your Mental point drunk. of view. And I think your your point of view is so important because, you know, listen, you're a badass entrepreneur. You, what you've built and and still currently, like what you're charging forward with, this is really admirable and incredible. And, you know, for anyone who gets to, I mean, you know, I, I look at your life from the outside, but I also know that you show up very authentically. And I really do appreciate and love that while you are this kick-ass, badass entrepreneur, you're also very passionate about having a life. And so, and I, let's talk about that because that's also very important, you know, but so when you're, you know, breaking down your process, you know, and it's never a judgment to whoever is doing the TV all weekend, but it is to say like, Hey, if you do want to show up and live what I call like life in technicolor, you know, where you're more potent, where you're more effective, where there's more vitality, then maybe we want to start nixing the escapism so that we could be more present and fully show up to every part of our life. That's actually essential and important to us, which is what you're doing. Yeah, totally. And you know, I think where we live too is also, it's easier to do it here. I know that sounds kind of strange, but you know, where like changing your environment is the fastest way to change your life, really, if you think about it, right? And so I live three blocks from the beach. Mm -hmm. It's like the the social life here is the beach. You know, it's like volleyball and it's activities and it's walking and it's dogs. And, you know, so I think that also helps too. Um, But you know, what was really interesting is I had always dated entrepreneurs. And so, and I like that. It was kind of like this idea that we both understand understand this business. And, you know, we're both kind of on the same trajectory, but when I started dating my current partner and we lived together, it's like, I was, I was almost forced to even get better at energy management because he works 24 hour shifts. So when he's off, I want to like be off too. I want to like be able to go snowboarding for a few days. I want to be able to go down to the beach and not have to check my phone all the time. And, Mm -hmm. and it was the first time we first started dating that I like didn't have my laptop. I'd like go away for the weekend, like not bring my laptop. And so at first it was really uncomfortable. I had this like control, you know, feeling of like, what if something happens? And then I started just trusting more and trusting more. And I started working even less, which is ironic because the, the business has grown way more <laughs> than it, it than during that time. Yeah. But it allowed for me. And so I got really good at sort of toggling off and on my energy, right? Like I'm I'm on and then I'm off. So instead of being like sort of half on all the time, I'm either fully present, 100% focused, or I'm completely off, like not even looking at my phone. Yeah. And what I've noticed with that is it it definitely helps me be more present in both areas of my life. So when I'm with my partner, I'm 100% present. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not stressed about work. And then when I'm in work mode, I'm like, cool, like not really thinking about my relationship, you know, very like focused in on my clients and able to be present and patient and do all the things I need to for them. But that's a practice versus I think right. most people, and this is certainly me uh, in my 20s was at like 50%, especially if you've had like a corporate job or you work a desk job or something, it's yeah. not anything wrong with that. But oftentimes that eight hours having to sit there mm-hmm. sort of breeds this half in, half out energetically, you know, all the time 
yeah. mentality versus I love the living in technical because that's exactly what it is. It's like if you're going to be somewhere, be there fully. Yeah. And if you're not there fully, then just disconnect and, and take that time for yourself. I love that. That's a really great metaphor. Thank you. Yeah. I think, you know, and this is why I prefer the word harmony over balance. It sounds like it's the same thing, but it's actually, to me, it's not. And I'm an asshole with words, meaning I'm very particular because words <laughs> are energy. I'm a writer, yeah. right? And so balance yeah. is like almost stagged. You know, you're, you're standing there. Amount, imagine somebody like juggling. juggling. Yeah. Right. Harmony though is like, you can go way over here, way over there, but somehow it all brings it together in a harmonious, beautiful state. And to me, that way over here, way over there example is like, when you're at work, you're fully there. When you're with your man, you're fully here. And I think ideally, how do you keep it harmonious is like, you, you, you never let one or the other or any part that matters to you run dry, right? Like, so you're always like Mm -hmm. going you know, when it's time to go there, you fill in and you fill in fully versus yep. I like, love that. I'm trying but to be But you have to be disciplined, right? Like what you're describing is really like, yeah. you have to be disciplined, have the awareness, right? Have the, the awareness of like that, oh shit moment that I had 10 years ago being like, oh, I'm someone who's very busy and someone who's not productive. You need to like call yourself out yeah. and be like, oh, that's me, you know? And then you have to make a conscious decision. What I've noticed, and maybe you have too, a lot of my clients will stay doing the little stuff mm-hmm. because it prevents them from having to look at the big stuff, yeah. right? Like all of us have this big goal that we want, they're working towards, or we want to start a business, grow a business. We want to have some level of success, and that's really big sometimes. It can feel really big in our head. And so instead we're like, you know what? I'm just going to pick up the dry cleaning today and I'm going to go run some errands really quick. And I'm going to, dude, I don't do any of that shit. I already told you I don't cook. I don't clean. I don't go to CVS. I don't go to, like one time my dry cleaning stayed there for like a month. I didn't pick it up. So like, you know, I love but it. it's. But it also, so you have to have the level of discipline. I was just telling my team yesterday, I was like, I think I do none of the little stuff. I only do big stuff. That's it. Like, but I think for a lot of people, it's easy to just get little stuff done because it feels, it feels productive, right? It feels validating, but then you never get to, and do the big things that you really want to do, that you say that you want to do or the dream that you have, because it just feels so momentous. And so it's easier to just sort of run around doing yeah. the little things. So you don't have to put yourself on the hook, which can yeah. be scary to do the bigger thing. How would you, I mean, any, any kind of one, two punches to advise our listeners on if you are that person, like how to start moving out of those smaller, busy and and start getting in the (laughs) arena to do the bigger things. The thing I want to tell you is not everything even has to get done. That's my number one productivity tool is just right. let it go. Just yeah. literally the, and then you have the experience of like, wow, my life didn't blow up because I left my dry cleaning at the thing for like, you know, <laughs> a month versus picked it up right away. So it's those kind of things. And I know those things kind of strange, but that's my number one productivity tip is like, just realize the things in your life that you eat that either don't need to be done by you yeah. or literally do not need to be done. People are out here just making shit up to feel busy and to feel productive and to feel validated and feel worthy. And I'm like, that is not even close to an important step for what it is that you say that you want. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Like to me, I'm just like, cool. Everyone's at the, do it, living their own life, having their own journey. But if you're constantly frustrated at your lack of productivity, you're currently frustrated that you're never getting the outcome you want. You have to get very honest about where you're spending your time and where you're spending your energy. Yeah. And that takes a level of back to vulnerability, right? It takes a level of vulnerability to say like, this is how I am. As much as I don't want to be that, this is who I am and this is what I've been doing. And then make a decision to do something different. One of my favorite, and I'd be interested in your take on this, 
when you want to make a change, one of the things that I've found, especially the last couple of years is I don't need like a cheer squad. You know, mm. I don't need like people like pumping me up to be like, I just honestly make, I just, I use what's called the as if principle. I'm not sure you're sure that you've heard that book called by Richard Wiseman. Essentially, it's just going, what would the person who has the lifestyle or the success that I want, mm-hmm. what would they do in this situation? And that's literally how I make all of my big decisions in my business. I was just like, what would the person who, or even in my life, the person who's further along, the Jill of 10 years from now, or the person who's the more successful version of me, what would they do in this situation? So I don't make decisions based on my current fears and insecurities. Yeah, I make them based on where I want to be. And you know, that's again, a vulnerability PR because you got to put yourself on the hook to then do that thing. But honestly, that's how you change your life. You don't change your life with like having this coach pump you up and like listening to all these motivational speakers. You literally just decide to make a calm, conscious, different choice Mm -hmm. at the very next opportunity. I've been journaling my entire life and it's helped me to develop the most empowered, loving, and trusted relationship with myself. Journaling is a powerful tool that helps you to gain more self-love and self-confidence. It can help you get unstuck when you need clarity the most and it helps you to powerfully move through any and all of your life challenges. It's a pathway to manifesting your biggest desires in life while creating an unbreakable relationship with your authentic self. I created You Are The Path, a guided and illustrated journal to help you gain all of this in your own life. In this seven by 10 mystical journal, you get a personal introduction and final thoughts message from me, seven guided and illustrated sections with line pages and five thought-provoking journal prompts, seven empowering quotes from me. You get one freestyle creative section full of blank pages for drawing and sketching, and you get the beautiful artwork designed by talented artist Emerald Patchett. There are 120 pages of pure possibilities waiting for you in this journal. You Are The Path was born to help you create, discover, and illuminate the path that is you. I love it. it. No, I I love it. And it resonates really powerfully. You know, I I built a digital course. This is a book. This is going to be a TED Talk. But so in my world, how I frame it is like your future self, right? And your future self in my, in, in my, from my perspective is also your higher self. Mm. And so it's not even you just a year from now or five years from now. It's the higher version of you, highest version of you that's always in front of you there for a reason, because that expression of you is your North Star, right? So you have to get yep. clear on who this, who is this Roxy? Over the years, it's been years now, but I've not only become very clear on who she is, but I've actually forged an unbreakable relationship with her. I meditate, we talk all day. She has a, she's called my muse or the woman in the mirror. I love that. But what you said, you know, there's so many moments throughout the day. If I feel frustrated about something, I literally, it's almost like an alarm, harmony alarm. I have a harmony alarm. I'm like, well, what would she do right now? Because the qualities Mm. are within her that I... I'm very connected to their like composure, equanimity. These are fucking just, they're so embedded in her character. So when I feel frustrated or like I'm, you know, being shook a little bit, then I immediately now at this stage, I, I just like, I channel, I go into her. And what I love so much about what you shared too, is that like anything on the external doesn't make you who you are. You make your life. So you want to make changes, like you're saying, 
then you got to change in here first. You know, your business doesn't make you who you are. You make your business. So yeah. in, in your example, it's like, well, who is that? You want to be a seven figure entrepreneur or just saying that like, what are the behaviors? What's the totally. lifestyle? Like how, how do yep. you move when shit gets hard? How does that yep. person move? You know, and it's totally, it almost feels like low hanging fruit. I mean, you have to do a lot of deep work to get very clear and then stay connected. But once that part's dialed in and your self-identity is locked in and you know what you're moving towards, it's like, man, every day you wake up and you have a fucking internal guidance system there to support your journey. And it goes back to the earlier conversation around self-trust, right? So I always think to myself, like, why don't more people operate like this? You know, like what you're talking about and what I'm talking about, it's very clear that you have a vision of like who you are that's in you, but it's just like that future version of you or that more evolved, that most highest level of you. And then I ask myself, why do most people not make those scary decisions? And I think so much of it comes down to these like limiting beliefs, right? And so it comes back to this level of self-trust. So if I say to one of my clients, hey, maybe they're starting their business, they're sort of newer to the entrepreneurial game. And I'm like, what would the Jill of, you know, five years from now or the more successful version do? And they think about what it would, that person, right? And then they immediately go, but I could never do that, right? Mm -hmm. But, oh, but I could never be that person, right? So I think it's these limiting beliefs. And that's why when I I think it comes down to or comes back to that level of self-trust where you go, like, that's really scary. And, you know, I don't know 100% what it's going to look like when I'm there, but I trust myself to handle Mm -hmm. whatever that next level of success is. You know, and you know, this like fear of success is a real thing. What if I then can't handle that level, that highest version of me, especially if you go, now I'm on the hook. I got to keep it up. Right. You know, I got to keep doing that. I got to keep. And so we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and you guys, you know, this is why like people who lose a bunch of weight ended up like slowly gaining it back because all of a sudden now they're on the hook. They have a lot more visibility. People are expecting things from them. Yeah. And so I think that we're constantly, you know, we, we have that, I want this big thing over here. And then we have that tiny voice in the back of our head going, you think you can handle that though? You, right. know, you might not be able to handle that. You might check yourself. Maybe, I mean, who do you think you are? You think you can do that? And then we believe that. And then right. we start making decisions from scarcity, anxiety, insecurity versus possibility, right? Empowerment and self-trust. Oh, I don't know what that's going to look like, but you know what? I'll be able to, I'll, I'll know what it's going to look like when I'm there. I'll be able to handle whatever that level of success is. So I always tell my students, you may not be able to handle right this second, 10 successes from now, but you can Mm -hmm. certainly handle the next success. And then once you handle that success, the next success opens itself up to you. And then all of a sudden you're looking back and you're like, wow, I don't even recognize that person from two years ago Mm -hmm. because you're at a completely different mindset. I hate to use that word, but like you're in a completely different mind frame, but you have to just again, vulnerability PR, right? Let me see if I could, let me see if I can, and then build that show of evidence so that you keep doing it. You know, I think about people who are, I don't know, the most successful people in the world, like a Jeff Bezos or whatever, Mm -hmm. these these people we think about who are like at that ultimate level. Mm -hmm. I'm sure like they've had plenty of moments, but they just kept saying yes to the opportunity. They kept saying, yes, let's do it. These pull back the curtain a little bit, little vulnerability, little vulnerability to the point where you're just, you look up and it's been 10 years and you're like, oh, I built this massive thing and look at me being able to handle it all. And yeah. so I think you have to pay attention to those limiting beliefs that start popping up. Mm-hmm. But it's like the big leap, you've read that book too, the big leap. It's like, you're kind of like that, yeah, upper, that upper limit, limit. problem, mm-hmm. right? You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm hitting my edge maybe. And it's brand new, yeah. but there's always another layer, right? Of success. There's always another layer to go. But and so 
it's not just a beginner problem. There's always another level to oh, yeah. aspire to. And so you're just going to get that hit every time. Like you're, you're trying to level up. You're always going to get that hit, but you got to recognize it and push through. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully, I love that so much. I think that when you are someone who's really on the path of living a self-actualized life, which is essentially what we're talking about, self-mastery, it's like, you're always going to be on the ledge. So you're always going to be stretched. So it's like, just get comfortable with that part, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It never feels good, but you're like, oh, here it is again, right? Like you right. recognize it faster yeah. and you're like, all right, I know I won't die. I'm fine. Like, right. Well, I, you know, and it brings me to think about self-rejection or rejection. Let's talk about rejection actually, before we even go self-rejection. Because anytime you're being authentic, anytime you're on the ledges, anytime you're doing it, like, you know, you, there's, you're going to have to face rejection. I would love to hear your thoughts yeah. on rejection and how to face it. So this it. is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, um, so when I moved out to LA, it was the first time I'd been single since I was like 18 years old. And it was the first time I'd been rejected in my life, like from a romantic perspective, you know? And I was like, oh, and it was such a good lesson. It sounds so fucking obnoxious. To no, say that, but like I, that, I laugh. I've been there in that yeah, same way. I'm like, like, oh, well, yeah. and then like, oh, especially even if you like were, if I was like talking to someone and I wasn't even interested in them, but then they broke up with me first. I'm like, wait, I was the one who was going to, I was going to break up with you. But it's just like an ego thing, you know, but it was such a great lesson because I was like, wow, your ability to be resilient when there is a level of rejection, whether it's business rejection, whether it's friendship rejection or relationship rejection, um, your ability to see it as a puzzle and versus a pain. So that's one of my favorite mantras mm-hmm. is like in anything that comes up that's that feels scary or a barrier or an obstacle of some kind or just doesn't feel good in our business, in our life, I can see it as a pain or I can see it as a puzzle. And for me, if I approach it as like, okay, this isn't a fit. Clearly, if I'm if I'm getting that rejection or I'm experiencing that negative emotion, mm-hmm. that's there for me as for a reason. You know, it's like a it's a flag to be like, okay, Jill, how are you going to get clinical yeah. and try and find a workaround for this? You know, and it's not that I need the workaround. The solution isn't I'm a right romantic match for every single person. But what I learned was, wow, it's just not a fit. Yeah. It's not that I'm something's wrong with me or so rejection isn't personal so much as it is just a part of life. And so I know it's kind of like a um, great obnoxious way to say it, but that was such a good lesson for me being like, oh, okay, this is, and now, and you, you move that into business, right? Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, not every client's going to be a great fit or not every person's, you know, some people are going to want to refund or, you know, you just have those small instances that come up and you, and you learn to not take them personally yeah. and just go, cool, not a fit moving on. And yeah. that's what I do love, especially for what we do in the online space is mm-hmm. it's a perfect filtering system. You know, we follow the people we drive with and we don't follow the people that we don't. And we attract the clients who are like us and we and we don't attract the ones that aren't like us. And so, right. yeah, I mean, it's very rare that I have someone in my ecosystem who's not on the same level. And to your point earlier about authenticity, yeah. that's a, the best gift you can give to your audience because I don't know if you, but I've had some clients who come in and I'm like, how did you get here? <laughs> you, know, like, you don't know the vibe. <laughs> I will, I kid you not. It's always a fucking referral. People love referrals. And I'm like, dude, referrals are the worst. Not because the person's not fine, but they didn't find me organically. Right. So they don't know the vibe. Right. Right. And so it's just not a fit. And so that's, I love that you brought up rejection because that really truly is a lesson you have to learn in all, all different facets of life. And it does make you more resilient. It just fortifies you. I fully agree. I mean, even if you think of something that seems so minimal and not important as posting something on social media. And, you know, how you might have to face forms of rejection, like, oh, it's not getting liked and stuff. But right, haters, I, trolls, people saying shit. Yeah. All of it, right? And I think anytime, so I, 
when I think of rejection, I'm like, the most important thing when you are facing external rejection is to not fucking reject yourself as a product of that, right? Like, because that's, so it's, because it's, it's almost the default setting. Well, it if is. I'm being it's rejected, like, what did I do wrong, right? And then all of a sudden you're trying, you're trying to self-edit. Well, maybe if I <laughs> yes. did that differently, then the person would like me. This is the worst fucking thing you could do. But it's so, but you're to your point. It is 100 human to do that. It's human, but I love that you said that because it leads me to conviction. When you're operating as your authentic self in any fucking moment, anything that you're sharing, there's going to be palpable conviction. And that is something that is so apparent. And I just, I love it about you. So I'd, and I think it's such an important frequency really to be operating with. So I'd love for you to talk about conviction and the importance of it. Yeah. So I, you know, I think, I always think about, I don't know, certain politicians who say shit like so convicted. And I'm like, dude, that's like a fucked up thing to say, but they say it with such conviction, right? So that, so I do think there's like sort of a, you know, there's both sides of the coin. I think that conviction is very valuable, mm-hmm. but you have to have a level of certainty about yourself, right? Self-knowledge. So asking yourself, like, it's easy to be convicted. It's easy to show up with conviction or with confidence and competency mm-hmm. when you know yourself and you know what's true for you. And you're also not scared of rejection, right? Because that's the big thing is like you show up and you let the chips fall. And I think it's not like a fuck you way. It's not like, oh, see if you can handle me sort of way. It's just more like, hey, this is who I am. And you're also okay being rejected. You're also okay not being liked. You're also okay if it's not for somebody. And you're not doing it in like a a way to like test people to be like, hey, this is who I am. Like, see if you can handle. It's more just, this is who I am. I'm so comfortable with this. And I would love if we connected, but if we don't, I'm also good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the person who is the most honest has the most control in the situation because they are, can have this sort of confident detachment Mm -hmm. about what they say and how it lands for people. And I think when I was saying, or like very early in the conversation about how sometimes it can rub people the wrong way, Mm -hmm. that level, I did, I did a whole post and actually a podcast episode on the fact that confidence alone can be polarizing, you know, Mm -hmm. success alone can be polarizing. Even if you can be the kindest, sweetest, warmest person on earth, But just the fact that you're successful, some people will feel a certain way about that. And so I think uh, you can show up in a convicted way when you have a lot of reps in that area. Does that make sense too? Because you're like, okay, I know I'm actually like, I know I'm good at this. I have a level of proficiency in this. And like you said earlier, I think sometimes, again, generalization, women we second guess a lot more than Mm -hmm. men in general. We're like, am I I okay? Right. Am I being too much? Am I being too little? We like constantly have this overthinking, but you have to also look at what you've done in your life. So if I've done, you know, a thousand hours of business coaching in these containers, I'm like, I'm pretty fucking good at this. Like that's a lot, you know what I mean? Like, and you kind of have to start to realize like that you are an expert and you do have proficiency here and you, you know, can speak on this in a, in a way that, um, is convicted and is confident. And so I think it's just realizing where you have mastery in your life and then just saying that and it doesn't right. make you, you know, conceited or self-absorbed. It's just an acknowledgement that like, yeah, I'm actually good at this thing. And I do want to know what the fuck I'm talking about. And it's okay to say that, even though it feels very, it can feel, or at least externally can sort of feel like, um, who does she think she is or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. But I think it's just, I don't know, I think it's perfectly fine to acknowledge, especially as women, we don't acknowledge when we're good at something. No, it's it's, it's so true. And I think, you know, it, 
Like with you, I certainly feel how comfortable you are with yourself. And I think that 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 also translates towards the the conviction piece, you know, because it is that liberated, like, hey, I'm just speaking very honestly from who I am, like it or not, take it or leave it. Well, and I'd so, love to like, I'd love to connect. I hope it does work out, but I'm also okay if it doesn't. Right. You know, so it's not that like, hey, it's not that like almost challenging testing mm-hmm. sort of energy. It's more Never. like yeah, it's like, and that, and sometimes, and I don't know if you experience this too. Sometimes you're just doing your thing, like you're just kind of mm-hmm. doing your thing, and then all of a sudden you kind of like notice that other people are feeling a certain way about you doing your thing. And you're like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm doing my thing. Just do your thing, right? You're amazing. Go do your thing. Why do you need something? Why do you need validation from me? You're awesome. Yeah. And so, because I don't need a ton of validation, I forget that other people sometimes need it. Mm-hmm. You know. So I. So I think. I mean, I think we all need validation in some way, but yes. I don't need a ton of it. And right. so when I see other people like needing it from me, I'm like, oh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> like, yeah, you're amazing. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, I, I love this conversation around conviction. And if there's anything I can do, and I think, and I'm, I don't know if you feel this, I don't really like identify as a feminist. I'm not like, I'm a, like, I don't need to go to a march or whatever. It's I not don't, like really I don't. me. But I really identify as someone who's in their power. And I think that's the best thing that we can do. At least my, you know, 95% of my clients are women to like show up as like a strong woman who has her shit together and like whatever, and just be that example. I don't have to talk about it. Just be it. You're just whole in yourself and you're, you're moving, you know, in my language, it's like, you just, you move in partnership with yourself. And there is this, you know, empowerment is not something that you get from out here. It's already inherently within you. It's just a matter of accessing it, connecting with it, and then embodying it. So you move through your whole life with it. Right. And in that empowerment, there's nothing to have to say about it. Like, I don't need to hold anything up. It's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't need to wear a t-shirt that says feminine. No offense to feminists, but to me, I'm like, that's not like my charge in the world mm-hmm. is helping women like actualize their passion and also make money off of it. To me, I'm just like, I yeah. want you to be like your highest level and I want you to make good fucking money for the thing that you're good at doing. Yeah. So that's my like personal, like, charge at in the uh in the business. Yeah. And so I don't think you have to talk about it. You can just be an example of it mm-hmm. and allow for people to see an example of what's possible. And and this goes back to the early conversation about my two role models, mm-hmm. having my mom and my stepmom being women who weren't loud about their success. They weren't talking about it all the time. They were just badass woman. I remember my mom, <laughs> she's German. So she has, yeah. she does very like self-possessed, you know, but I remember one time I was like in high school and she just goes, she worked at this like a job at a corporate job for like 35 years. She, uh, reti- started as a programmer, ended up retiring as a senior VP in the company. And so just went to fucking work every day. And I remember her saying to me, she said, you know what? I don't understand why people call out of work. Like, it's not that hard. Just go to work. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it is so simple. But I was it's like, a- and so, yeah, you mean at the same time you just take that on and you're like, yeah, what is so hard? Just like go to work, like just do your shit. And, and so I think I took, and so now if I'm able to show other people what's potentially possible for them, especially yeah. if they didn't, if they came from a background where they didn't have those role models or they had weird relationships with women or something like that, I want to be like, just, I wanted to be that, that stable, um, possibility thinker mm-hmm. for them of what's, what it could po- potentially look like, you know? And so that's been our charge at Jilfit the last 13 years. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's so evident. And I, again, the, the, the also very evident piece to me, and I think, you know, to so many who are connected to you is that outside of the business aspect of, of things, it's just, it's just your embodiment of self. 
and how you are moving through your life. And it is this fully charged, activated, empowered woman who is genuinely here in service and support to other women to, you know, live, to, to come into their own self in this way, you know, and it bridges me to a zone that I, I want to talk about because you just entered your forties, right? Yep. Yeah. 41, be 42 next month. 42 next month. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess July. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, forties are awesome so far. They're right. So I'm loving them. let's, let's talk. It's my birthday month. I'm moving into 45. Oh, so awesome. I have a whole tagline and it's really a, it's like an outlook towards life, but it's, you know, age like a badass, right? And badass means, cause we, you know, age gracefully. I'm like, well, cool. Yeah. I'll keep grace for the kind of just, um, emotional, like, you know, how like quality, mm-hmm. but like, I don't want to age gracefully. I want to age like a fucking badass yep. in every sense. I so I don't even have old after I just did a whole podcast about this, but I don't 44 old. No, 44 strong, 45 strong, because then everything that you're doing, your life is centered around. How do I get stronger in every facet of my life? So love it. I'd love to hear you talk about moving into your forties. And, you know, if there's anything that really shifted for you as a result as you entered this decade that you think could be really powerful for women to take in? Yeah. I mean, you know, aging is such a weird, it's, it can be a real mind fuck, but I think I was, I dreaded 30 way more than 40, which is ironic. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people feel that way because 30, you just have all these, you're still trying to check all the boxes, right? You're still yeah. like, I need the house and I need the family and I need the kids. And like, you're kind of still checking the boxes. And it, so oftentimes you feel almost behind when we're 30. Yeah. And now when I hit 40, I was like, I'm just fucking getting started. That's yeah. how I felt. It was so strange, right? To have those two opposing messages 30, I'm like, I haven't done enough. And now 40, I'm like, I'm just getting started. And I think for me, um, I really started like around 37, 38, really looking forward to turning 40. I don't know, for some reason to me, it has this more like there's a wisdom behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like, you said this word earlier, there's a deep Mm self-knowing where you just go, cool, I'm actually fine and I'm good. And I don't have all of these you know, check list things I need to be checking off. I'm like, I'm actually great. And, and so I think the, the physical side has been a little bit harder for me for sure. Yeah. You know, in terms of just, I mean, you know, fitness and is such a big part of my life as yeah. it is yours. So that piece of it, I think definitely, I don't know, skin, hair, like those kind of things, you know, where you're just like, Hormones. okay, that's where I'm going to let, yeah. And that's where I'm going to age gracefully is go, okay you know, how can I still show up my power? But I do believe that age is an energy for sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad that you said that because I know people in their thirties who act like they're 60 and I know people in their sixties and seventies who act like they're 30. So I do believe there's so much of an energy behind it. So aging Mm -hmm. isn't just about creams and Botox and all the other stuff, right? Like it's maybe some of that, but it's more about like, how are you staying? For me, it's like, how can I stay mentally young? You know, how can I continue to expose myself to new ideas and not get scared of stuff and not, you know, sort of close off. It's so easy, especially in your forties and I'm sure and beyond to just start feeling like I'm, I'm so good with myself that I don't even want to be challenged anymore. And that's why my, my brothers are all much younger than me too. They're 20 and 30 and 32 or Mm. 20, 28, 30 and 32. And it's just fun for me to be around them and just Mm -hmm. like expose myself to like some of the other stuff and just be challenged in certain ways. Um, so for me, that's a big part of the anti-aging process is, am I still open to new ideas? Am I learning new things? Am I not scared of, I just learned how to snowboard like two, three years ago. And like, you know, I fell a lot and I was like, this is not objectively, this is not fun. Right. But then I kept (laughs) seeing people who were having a blast on the mountain. I was like, okay, I'm going to get there now. Of course, it's something I love to do, but 
stuff like that, where it'd be so easy to just play the age card, you know, I've got kids or I'm doing this thing or I'm 40 or I'm aches and pains. And you sort of accept it. Mm-hmm. At least society does. And for me, I'm just like, no, nah, man, we still got, got a lot more to go here. Well, yeah. And if you think about like, hopefully if you can live towards a hundred, let's, I mean, what's, what's your forties? You're actually still very young. And we know that, you know, lifestyle is affecting every aspect of how we're aging. Right. And so, and I'd love to talk about that with you because, you know, I mean, there is, okay, the perimenopausal years and, you know, yep. I talk about yep. this, like just the, 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 the hormone the hormones, oh, yeah. it's gnarly. The roller coaster. Yep. Right. And so, you yep. know, some of the shifts that I've had to make, whether I like it or not, is I really have to honor more recovery. And yeah. it ends up feeling great. And it actually ends up giving me more when I'm on, you know, when yep. I'm training or yep. whatever. Right. And like, but the recovery factor is real, you know? Totally. Yeah. I got to be sleeping, man. For yeah. me, for sure. You know, I do like vitamin mineral IVs pretty much every week or every two weeks. For me, it's sleep. Like that's non-negotiable for me. Lots of leisure walks, lots of sunlight. Yeah. Food major. even as a recovery Totally. Like, yeah, like looking at, I don't just look at macros. I'm like micro. I'm like obsessed with micronutrients. Like that to me is like the the thing is like, cool. Well, how many more my like micros can I get in this meal? That's a big piece of it too, for me is from it? an energetic standpoint things. But you know, you're also at that level where, you know, I don't want to go, go, go all the time either. You yeah. know, whereas maybe I would feel like that again in my, my twenties or my early thirties, like to your point, it comes back to the energy management conversation. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm in the gym, it's like balls to the wall yeah. and then it's just leisure walk, sleep, mm-hmm. you know, light stretching. Like I'm, I don't need to be doing a ton of like long duration cardio and stuff like that. I just don't do any aerobics anymore. I'll do like maybe some sprints here and there, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's either push hard or rest. That's pretty much it. Yeah. You talk about that a lot on your, on your yeah. IG, like you're like 30 minutes, like good weights. Yeah. Yeah. And, not, and that's not for everybody, you know, some right. people, but I, I did the competitor thing. I would do the three hours of cardio a day. Like I did all that kind of stuff. And, you know, honestly, I look better now than I did when I was doing all that cardio. Yeah. And I have way more energy and I barely think about the gym. You know, I go, I do my shit. Like it's funny. I go to this gym and, um, the front desk person be like, done already? And I'm like, yeah, don't need, you know, at this point, especially because I'm sure you're the same. Yeah. Like I've been lifting for 25 years. Right. You know, so I don't have to do a ton at the gym. I'm not trying to have a massive body transformation. I'm just trying to, you know, stay, maintain stay and, functional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay, visible muscle is really important to me. Yeah. Move athletically, right? Like all that kind of stuff. Yes. Be able to be fast, jump high, yes. squat heavy. But that's it. You know, yeah. I don't, it doesn't take a lot to just maintain at this point. But this is so important because, you know, okay, yeah, you have to progress to get to the stage. But I think it's really important because a lot of people can look at my body composition and think that, yeah, oh, you, you have to be in the gym for hours. And totally. Like, no, I, you don't. You and no, base. I'm not actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you built the base, right? And like right. so many people are starting from scratch and you go, well, you know, and muscle really is it, man. Like it is the fountain of youth. Yes. And people don't know this, but the more muscle you have on your body, the more you can get away with nutritionally even, you know, right. it's like, right. you know, I, we do a moderation 365 at Jill Fit, which is our nutrition mm-hmm. philosophy, but it really is that eating moderately and mindfully 365 days a year. I've never, mm-hmm. I haven't eaten perfect. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a perfect diet in like 12 years, you know, <laughs> but you're able to get away with a lot more if you lift weights, you yeah. know, if you're doing hours and hours of cardio, it's, you're going to, you know, jack up your hunger, your cravings, your right 
you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. And to your point, it's needs to be a lot more hormone friendly. Hormone friendly. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think that many, I mean, my, my, one of my best friends in my doctor is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. And so oh, okay, she's, yeah. yeah, the queen of the conversation. So, yes. must, oh yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. dialed in. And I'm always talking about it because, because it's important, you know, and I think that when we can start to you know, put this message out there, especially to women who I know are more prone to the cardio. I do. I'm sprinting. I'm actually entering. I'm going to do a master's competition and because I love sprinting, you know. Amazing. Um, yep. Love it. Yeah, it's fun, you know. But but the main, you know, part of my, my training throughout the week is, especially depending on where I am in my cycle, but um, it's always resistance training, right? Yep. And then depending on where I am in my cycle, it's sprinting, you know, and then we have yoga and yep. stuff like that. But for women to understand that it's not just an aesthetic thing, it's your hormone health, it's insulin sensitivity. I mean, it's it's the, I kind of, I call it like the bank account to the rest of your life. Like if you don't mm-hmm. have the currency of muscle, then you, you really have like an empty bank account. Yeah. And that's a problem as you're aging. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I love that you said that. That's a great analogy because that really is it. And it's hard to, to break through, but I, yeah. what you said really nailed it, which is, it's really not about aesthetics. Like, look, I'm, you know, I'm vain enough to be like, I want to have visible muscle. I want to look like <laughs> I fucking lift. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like I want love someone it. to be like, oh, you're fed. You know, that's yes. part of my identity. But at the end of the day, if you are doing the things that are going to be the healthiest for your hormones, right? Rest, recovery, minerals, um, you know, sleep, you know, managing your stress appropriately, lifting weights, you're going to have the physique that you want. Yeah. It's not the opposite. The people I see out here trying to like do a different diet every week, it's like they keep not looking mm-hmm. the way that they want and they and their health is terrible. You know, mm-hmm. their hormones are jacked up and whatever. And it's, so it's like, you don't start with the end in mind, right? Mm-hmm. Do the things now and you will create the physique that you want, but you can't start with, I need to have this body fat. I need to be this, right. like this size, whatever. Instead you end up arriving closer to that ideal. The more you focus on those daily habits. And I so, I mean, it. it's so cliche, right? Love style, lifestyle change, whatever, but really that is it, you know? So these people yeah. who I feel like are trying to do all these shortcuts end up being the longest road ever. <laughs> Just it's do so true. a handful of big dial movers every day and you will move closer to the aesthetic that you want. Yeah, it's so true. And, and all of that actually really affects the rest of your life. Like even your business as an entrepreneur, right? I mean, there's totally. so much connectivity there. What, you know, before we we start to wrap out and I'm I'm just so stoked to, to just honestly, like selfishly, everybody, I just wanted to hang out with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we always had the best conversations like, though. I know. Um, and I just, I love your messaging. I, I just, I think that you're just, again, like a beautiful expression of a very honest, uh, uh, authentic, empowered woman. Is there anything in this conversation that we haven't talked about that you would like to live um, in here before I ask you a kind of final question to close this out. I love this conversation. Yeah. I wasn't sure where it was going to go, but I knew it was going to go somewhere awesome, but, uh, I definitely love talking about the energy management stuff and the, just the conviction stuff and being able to fully show up. And I feel like it's really rare. Um, you know, I love to be able to be on this podcast with you because I feel like we both share in those qualities and I feel like it's, it is, we are seeing sort of the narrative change around Mm -hmm. women showing up online and, you know, in their power in a way that's really authentic, you know, and again, I hate that word because it's overused, but it really is that. And 
seeing more examples of that, you know, and I think we're getting to a point where consumers can pick it up on it if you're not authentic, you know, so I think having that conversation and being able to fully show up in that way just is a massive service. And I'm just so glad to be part of that conversation. I love it. And so what can we look forward to? Is there anything coming up? I mean, I know you just did a launch and like, but you're always doing things. Is there anything, what can we expect next from you? Um, actually I'm putting out a brand new business program and I haven't put out one in probably three or four years. Yeah. It's uh, it's called the influencer incubator, which I know people don't like that. That probably won't like that name. It's a branding course. So I'm super pumped. It's something I've been thinking about for a long time, especially for those who are sort of coming into the social media space right now and Mm -hmm. maybe the coaching space. And it's this idea that you can't just jump. And I don't know if you've probably seen this as well. These, uh, like, I don't know, these little gimmick, type like get make a $10,000 a month and Mm -hmm. DM 250 people a day. And like just all Mm -hmm. these, what I consider to be, I call it a bandaid business. Someone comes in and trying all these little gimmicks and hacks and whatever, when really they just need to build a brand. Like they just need to like settle down and like really put in the time and energy and reps to build a brand. Talk about like recession proofing your business. Mm-hmm. Like having a, a brand is really the way to do it. And so it's this idea of people coming online and wanting that like fast money. And I'm like, fine, we can make sales this week, but I still want you building that foundation of your business. So yeah, it's going to be called the influencer incubator. Um, And it's this idea that even if you don't like the idea of being an influencer, if you have an audience on the internet, you are influencing. So it's almost like instead of fighting against it and, and being like, oh, I don't want to be a Kardashian. It's like, you're a leader, whether or not you want to be one or not. So are you willing to step up? And then what are your values around that? And so branding isn't just colors and logos and fonts, it's values. And Mm -hmm. it's all the stuff we've been talking about on this podcast, like how you show up and how you communicate and what you're about and what people can expect from you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's basically going to be sort of like an authenticity course. So we're going to be launching that's that awesome. soon. Looking forward to that. But that's, that's pretty amazing. much all we got. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So everything, your website, your podcast, because you have two still right now, right? Yep. Yep. So we have FitBizU, which is fitness business. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Best Life podcast, which is more just, you know, personal development, relationship yeah. type stuff. Perfect. So everything is in the show notes again. Your Instagram for those who don't follow, everybody needs to. Um, I I just again thank you so much. I adore you and truly like we we need it. We need to cake it, girl. When you're back in town, I will I for sure. Okay, I thank you. It. You're so, the best. Thank you so much for having me, darling. Thank you.